Log Talk Radio. Greetings, greetings. A lot of buffering going on on every platform, so please give me a moment. All is a blessing. Come back home to Africa. Come back home. 
internet, everything checked. I'm waiting on a specialist to show up uh, in my life who can help me figure out what's going on with the buffering, uh, what's going on with the, the load as it relates to the internet. But we keep coming forward. We keep moving forward. We keep pushing through. And on a day like this, when we stand up, as always, with our ancestors, acknowledging those who came before, who Well, as you can hear, I'm, I'm reconnecting on YouTube Live. That went smoothly because often when this happens, um, I can get locked out of Blog Talk Radio for the remainder of the show. So you can return to Blog Talk Radio if you were there. Uh, if you had your hand raised before, you're going to have to raise your hand again for me this time by pressing number one on your telephone keypad. I am available at area code 845-277-9143, 845-277-9143. You're ready? Again, with your question, comment, or request, do press one on your telephone. Keep that to you and open your mic. I'm actually still refreshing, so I'm, I'm reciting my script right now. Right now. So if you're sitting on the line and you're waiting for me, just be patient. Uh, it'll all kick in momentarily. And again, that's eight four five two seven seven nine one four three. I can see switchboard clearly now. And then when you're ready, press number one on your telephone keypad, and I'll unmute your mic and bring you into the conversation. We've learned to roll with the punches. We learned to roll with the weather, and dealing with Oya. Dealing with Obokoso, you indeed have to prepare to not only deal with the with the weather as it relates to the Oya's uh, position, but as it relates to Obokoso, um, you've got to check yourself. Obokoso at the root is about ego. It's about self-esteem. It's about pride. It's about how we feel about not only ourselves, and within ourselves, but, but then our demonstration. You know, as, as the king and warrior, we're often very concerned about what the outside looks like, what the physical temple looks like, what the body looks like, with the with the animal and humanistic uh, warrior characteristics look like. But it's so much more that goes into being king. It's so much more that goes into being leader. It's so much more that goes into being the the the, the ruler and surveyor of all that you you possess individually, but also collectively. Collectively, we're all king and queen. We're all God and goddess. Particularly when we're vibrating in our truth and standing up in our truth. So I, I appreciate your comments, your questions. Um, Hoodoo occultism started us out with some great questions. I know you don't see them because they are in the original. Um, uh, first born at noon, I'm in YouTube, usually on my desktop. And when that does not work or does not load or, or begins to buffer, I then switch to my mobile device, which is what many of you prefer. I 
seem to be the clearest and and, and the audio uh, is the best when I'm using my mobile. But even sometimes uh, that have, we have a problem there. So there were some questions that were originally posted uh, in the original uh, nine, 94 that I can't see. So I'm going to have to pull it from my memory. Uh, Puju Occultism, if you're still with me, um, you can retype your, your questions. I know you're at work. If it's possible for you to retype your questions, that would be very helpful to me. Uh, please give all due respect and honor to the queen, to the goddess Kiona B. Carter, who is our chat room moderator. She helps me to see all the questions and comments that, that are presented um, in the chat. Um, please don't, don't block that question. I'm going to respond to that question. Please uh, just stick around long enough for me to respond. Okay. <laughs> Don't run. Give me an opportunity, but let me continue my flow. Uh, if I were in your church, I wouldn't disrupt the service. I wouldn't interrupt the, the, the opening prayer. I wouldn't interrupt the, you know, <laughs> the call to service. I wouldn't inter interrupt, uh, you know, the, the protocol and the order of things. So please be patient with me. Uh, universal. I absolutely want to respond to that question. Um, but I also want to respond uh, in all due order to, to the questions that were um, originally here that I can't see now uh, when we first came on. And one of them was about what I've already spoken to, people who are operating in voodoo, conjure, root work, voodoo, Yoruba, Akan, Airway, and have no knowledge no working knowledge, no working experience, no relationship building to nature, to plant life, to herbs, roots, trees, bark, <clears throat> vegetation. And the other question, um, the first question that you asked to the uh, occultism, I, I can't remember, so you're going to have to help me out there. Greetings to everyone, Kiona. Carter, my moderator, Keisha Smith, uh, last day of summer, AK, blessings, beloved, peace and blessings, salty fishermen, thank you so much uh, for being present. Uh, yes, uh, Cloak and Dagger, I was featured, I think I got my, my SAG by working Cloak and Dagger uh, as a black uh, carnival, masking carnival Indian, Mardi Gras Indian, in Cloak and Dagger, I appreciate you. Um, yes, Kiona, uh, it was posted on that live link. I'm on a completely different stream. Um, and, and of course, he's at work, so he hasn't had a chance to retype that question. Uh, and I haven't had a chance to try and dig it up. So I'll, I'll get back to it. Uh, seven of gentlemen, greetings. T. Warner, uh, Arisha, Grace Sky. I welcome all my regular co-hosts and superstars who call in with questions and comments and requests, who type their questions in all capital letters in the chat for us. I appreciate you. Um, uh, yes, let's see. Uh, universal. Do I love Jesus? I don't believe in Jesus. Um, Jesus is a notion created and recreated um, by several groups of people. Um, and I can easily turn this show into a conversation about the Council of Nicaea, uh, for instance, uh, who King James was, for instance, 
Um, these sacred texts, what we refer to here as magical books, if that gives you some some help in terms of my position, um, I reference it as this magical book, just like many other magical books, magical texts that that exist. It has been appropriated, uh, manipulated, uh, syncretized, uh, rewritten in some cases, readapted in, in, in many more cases. So many times, uh, it's hard for us to even count anymore. Uh, and just like the idea of the the relic, which is relatively a, sort of a Eurocentric cultural phenomenon, you, you see it in, in, in fairy tales and fiction books, and even real world history and literature references to relics. For those who aren't familiar with that term, um, a piece of the cross of Christ, for instance, or, or a bone you know, from, from a saint's foot, you know, the, the skull of, of Moses or, you know, something of, of that sort is considered a relic. Um, not just that it has some kind of innate power attached to it, but it's also supposed to some great um, sacred event solidified in history, often through storytelling, through legends, through, through book writers. And so, um, I don't believe uh, in Jesus, and particularly in a Jesus uh, in which Jesus is, pre is presented today, particularly in the way Jesus, uh, many of you are operating in, quote, unquote, Jesus today. Even if we acknowledge the magical book, uh, we absolutely know he didn't have blonde hair and blue eyes. We absolutely know he, he was not hidden, <laughs> okay, in Kemet. Uh, uh, in, in Egypt with his family hidden is what the text say uh, if he was blonde hair, blue eyes, you know pale skin you know in the in a desert region uh, in the heat of the sun uh, where even today even the fairest of skin people from that region uh, show signs of sun show signs of climate so you know I, I, can't, I can't do it in that regard Another reason why I can't um, is um, historically, as a historic figure, is too many missing pieces there. Um, I've, I've read, um, now correct me if I'm wrong, you look like um, you might know um, Universal, um, because I'm being respectful about your question. I'm giving you my, my honest answer. So we friends. Just because you asked about it, don't don't make us enemies. Um, but there's a book, and correct me if I'm wrong, you look like you might know, or you feel like you might know. I think it was written by someone called Marie Claire, 70s. She was a channeler, and she channeled a book, I believe, and it covered... I used to have this book, too, and I gave it away. Hello, you have a phone call. Please don't Skype Hello. me, people, during the show. St. Francisville, Louisiana. Hello. Didn't you hear me? Don't do you that. <laughs> Forgive me for buffering. Forgive me for buffering. St. Francisville, Louisiana. Don't call me during the show. St. Francisville, Louisiana. I love you. I appreciate you. But don't Skype me in the middle of the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, so let me continue. So, yeah, she wrote this book. And it was supposed to document the lost years of Christ being in India. Uh, 
so I'm fi- I'm familiar with what you're referencing. Um, now, him, him being associated with the lingam, that's not actually um, the lingam. Um, um, there's a male part and a female part. Now my Hindu words are losing me. Um, and, and the lingam, the male part and the female part work together. And it's often an implement, a tool, actual tool. Uh, sadhus have them. Um, Hindu priests often display them. Um, milk and honey and, and water um, are poured on them to represent, you know, the great vagina, for lack of better words, and, and the power of, of, of the cosmic phallic symbol. So, so, the, so the lingam is one part or the other. I, I'm still having trouble pulling my Hindu words out right now without me stopping and opening up a window uh, and actually pulling that up uh, in front of me. The Christ, the, the, the said Christ is called something else. Uh, but, but he has this footprint, if you will, uh, according to, to the, at least this one author, for having traveled east. And many of you may be familiar with the Mormons who also have a piece of that story who suggests that he traveled to the Americas and left a footprint in the Americas. So there are too many cultural nuances to that uh, that I would have to accept in order to buy into the Jesus that's being sold to us, the, the Jesus that many people are operating on. I also find it problematic for the renewing of the mind, which even their magical book says. So when many people of color, especially born in America, African and born, uh, African-American, Africans born in this America, um, are, are in that process of mind renewal, being reborn again, many of you doing that now, we keep coming back to these images of this blonde-haired, blue-eyed, white Jesus. Um, and I know there are other questions, Keona, so please help me to keep them in order. I just think this is important for me to address, um, and particularly right now. Um, so I have a problem with the imagery, that, that forced imagery of the Christ, of the Jesus, has been implanted, programmed, uh, deeper than cult-like, deeper than brainwashing. Uh, particularly in us, uh, through racism, through white supremacy, through the act of enslavement itself, the Middle Passage, Jim Crow, you know, uh, police brutality, um, continued um, um, racial profiling. Um, So it's hard for me and many others uh, on any level to then accept that imagery and then accept the so-called Christ, the Jesus, because uh, you said Jesus, um, th- that's associated with it. Um, so there, there are too many problems. It, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Um, I also looked back at religions, cultures that existed prior to the Jesus that we know. Um, and, and we can just take Kemet, for instance, just for one. Um, we don't even have to look at Ethiopia yet or Sudan yet or Nubia yet and their religions and, and culture, but just Egypt. And we know that there were at least 21 crucified Christ 
before the Christ story that, that we know. So we know the story is not new. We know the story of the flood is not new. There's not a whole lot in the Bible that's quote unquote new, except the parts that they wanted to adopt and and adulterate and sort of use uh, weaponized religion, weaponized spirituality, used to then oppress uh, the the female God-driven world. Understand the world was female God-driven. It was the goddess, not God, up up until a particular point. And and there are many stories that talk about that. story of Lancelot, for instance, a a European story, um, but some of you are familiar with it, um, talks about a female God-driven world. You know, when the elves and the gnomes and the fairies, some of this shows up in Harry Potter, um, because that's kind of pulled also from that period, from that literature and from that mindset, uh, that the world was, was indeed created by as life is still created today by the yoni and the lingam. Are my words coming back to me? Yeah. So the lingam was is a phallic part of that Hindu combination. And, and the yoni is a female part. Um, and it represents divine connection, the divine intersection, which, which not only births humanity from a Hindu perspective, and we say Hindu because, indeed, we're using their language, their words, their symbolism, based on your question. But um, it's universal. It's universal. So um, I have too many problems with the Jesus story. I have too many problems with how that is is uh, migrated throughout the world. Um, I even have a problem with, uh, and, and don't shoot me now. Come on, y'all. I'm entitled to my opinion. Um, I even have a problem with Rasta and, and, and many former Rastas who've moved into maybe some more, much more hardcore um, Bobo dreads and, and, and uh, more conservative movements with sort of the, uh, the sort of blackwashing over of really this white Jesus and, and it's religious weaponry that goes along with it uh, in, in the same stream of, of black consciousness or, or finding consciousness for people of color, people of ethnicity, people who are waking up uh, into who they are, uh, as opposed to the footprint that colonialism always leaves, which is to destroy individualism, to destroy the culture to destroy the ethnic nuances of a particular uh, people at any location. So I have a hard, no, I don't, no. I know I said a lot, no, no, I, I don't, no. No, I, I don't even believe in, in Jesus. So I, I, it's hard to love something or somebody that don't exist, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, I, I love my ancestors. I love the most high. You know, I love the Loa and the Orisha and, and their ability. And, and, and I even have a problem with love. Uh, love is a, oh, I've never said this out loud, have I? Uh, I hope this don't interfere with my love and relationship work uh, out there. But I have a problem with love and how we understand love and have been adulterated with love. 
and particularly in, in first we say the Eurocentric world, but now we have to say globally in the Western world, because the Western world footprint is everywhere. Everywhere you can find Coke and Pepsi is the Western world. Everywhere you can find, you know, cool and Marlboro cigarettes, they're, they're part now of the Western world. Um, they have embraced all things Eurocentric. They have embraced all things Western. The technology is great. The toys is great. The, the advances in medicine are great. Uh, but the cultural nuances that come along with it, the mindset that comes along with it, the heart disease and diabetes and, 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 and high blood pressure and, and all the stuff that comes with smoking cigarettes that comes with it is problematic. So I can't accept your Jesus. No, I, I can't. No, you, you're offering me an atomic bomb. That, that's problematic for me. Uh, and some people, my friendly Uber driver, <laughs> have a problem with sort of my abrasive automatic. And I thought I was pretty diplomatic. You know, I, I still get a great deal of respect for for Universal for even presenting the question. But but in terms of the topic itself, no, you you're you're offering me germ warfare. You offer me germ warfare when you offer me Jesus. And, and and when you knock at my door, be it Jehovah Witness, but be it Mormon, when you ring my bell, that's the look you find on my face. You're offering me the virus. You're offering me an, a nuclear weapon, and and I don't know. No, we we good. <laughs> we good here. Our brains are not washed. Our brains are free. Our brains are clear. We're not able to stand up in our divinity and and, and not have division and, and and not be at odds with your system. Unlike your system, I'm not here to prophesize to you. I'm not here to reshape you. I'm not here to change you. I'm not here to choose your religions for you. I'm not here to tell you what, you know, you should or should not believe. I'm here to represent Buddhism and HGR and a traditional African-based mindset, a a, a more indigenous mindset. I'm not here to go at other religions. I'm sure that would be a very entertaining show, but, but that's not why I'm here. Um, thank you, Kiona. I'm going to slow down now and make sure I, um, gray skies, do I believe in divine mother? Absolutely. Absolutely. Divine mother is another way of acknowledging the, the, the great goddess, the great mother, which is identified and acknowledged in every indigenous culture, every indigenous culture. Do we not only acknowledge our great mothers, Iyami, you know, my mom, my grandma, my great-grandma, my and so on, and so on, and so on. Just imagine them stacked on, on our heads. But we understand that the world came out of the cosmic womb. The world came out of the cosmic vagina. <laughs> you know, let, let's keep it real. So I absolutely acknowledge the great mother. I, I acknowledge Mother Nature, the great mother's manifestation and how she stands up in Mother Nature. And, and the fact that even in this uh, mono-specific uh, religious world, um, and, and we say God with all this masculine hard edges, we still acknowledge Mother Nature. We still acknowledge the power of Mother Wit. 
we still acknowledge the power of, of, of the prayer of the mother. You know, so yes, I absolutely acknowledge uh, the divine mother, the, the great mother. A hoodoo occultism asks about people claiming hoodoo who don't know herbs. Uh, I think I did respond to that. Um, if I need to go into that a little bit more, <laughs> let me know. Um, ritual and mojo bag that protects against the police. Without going into to the secrets, um, that's the realm of the warriors. And there are particular warriors that we call on specifically in regards to propelling the police and calling the police. Preventing the police from showing up at your door, but also sending the police and, and, and being uh, on the good side of the police, particularly when you when you need the police. Um, it's a very specific kind of work, so it's hard for me to go into live on air. Um, typically, if I'm doing that kind of work, I need specifics. You've heard me say it before. There is no generic Grigri bag. You know, you're going into a store and it's a basket full of Grigri bags, a, a basket full of voodoo dolls. That's for the tourists. Every, every country does that. Every tourist-based location in the world does that. You can go to Kenya and get little wood-carved uh, dolls, their child's dolls, their, their toy dolls. Uh, but they're what you would find in Kenya, <laughs> you know. You go to Haiti, they might be made of cloth. Um, so, no, that kind of thing has to be specific. Um, divination must be performed, particularly if you're talking about a particular case. Uh, if we're talking about just some generic, in that regard, uh, beyond living well and doing the right thing and, and giving the police no reason to show up at your house, um, there are deities that people possess that are on people's heads that are in people's hands that they work with um, specifically to uh, have balanced relationship as it relates to not just the police, but the law, justice, the power of justice, the judicial system, uh, mayat, if, if I can speak uh, uh, comedic uh, symbolism, mayat, and, and the balance of mayat is not just about her scales, but the feather. And so your heart, it has to be weighed. So I have to weigh a heart. I have to do divination to be more specific about uh, issues around um, and, mo and rituals and mojo bags. And rituals invoke spirit. So that's always serious business. No matter what kind of ritual people think they're doing, ritual always involves spirit. Tarot card reading is a ritual. Ritual always involves spirit. My number one video on my channel, on my YouTube channel, is about the dangers. No, that's not my number one video. It might be the number three video about the dangers around using tarot card and, and other forms of divination without clarity about spirit interaction. That's why I say you don't just turn cards over just because you want to, just because you don't have a client sitting at your table right now, just because you are bored. That was one of the first questions uh, who do a cult is a master me uh, about tarot reading and books. The book you want, and, and Keona, you've heard me say this before, is Secret Teachings of the Ages.
teachings of the ages. And my God children, my students, my initiates already know um, you're not going to skim down through this book. Don't don't skim down through this book. Don't take the shortcut. You know, I'm I'm just going to read the narrow part and you're walking away with the knowledge and the information that I have, that my godchildren have about tarot. Um, this is a, one of the best and oldest places to start. In terms of the uh, URL in the uh, chat. And it comes from a really powerful book called uh, uh, Sacred Oh, wow. A sacred text. Sacred text. So the sacred text uh, is a archive, if you will, a library of sacred texts from all over the world. Uh, and it includes this particular book that I have favor for, um, secret, The Secret Teachings of the Ages by Manly P. Hall. Teachings of All Ages. Secret Teachings of All Ages by Manly P. Hall. And with, uh, in it is a particular section about tarot specifically. But I, but I want you to read every chapter. Some of you have already gone there. I want you to read every chapter leading up to that. Uh, and for those who, who are listening or who don't have that pulled up in front of them, I want to make clear why. Um, after you get beyond the title page and the preference and the, and the table of contents and the introduction, the chapters we're looking at, the ancient mysteries and secret societies which have influenced modern Masonic symbolism. The ancient mysteries and secret societies, part two, part three, Atlantis and the gods of antiquity, the life and teachings of Soth, Hermes, Trigamitra. I can never pronounce that right. Uh, but, but that's uh, uh, um, Soth or Tafuti in comedic science. The initiation of the pyramid. Isis, the virgin of the world. The sun, a universal deity. The zodiac and its signs. Um, and it goes on to, to, to other complex ancient symbolism that I've learned the importance of uh, over the years, first as a young person myself, but then in practice of tarot over, over, over the decades that is necessary for you to understand tarot. And listen, don't, let, don't get confused with oracle decks. You know, I'm going to talk about that in a moment, but 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 you got to understand tarot before you can understand oral deck. Otherwise, you don't know if you've just gotten, you know, a cat deck, a dog deck that someone has decided, you know, that they want to create. People are creating their own tarot decks now: bird decks, herb decks, rock decks. They're they're all kind of quote unquote oracle decks, but they all do not follow a tarot basic pattern. And so they're hard to learn. They're hard to use. They're, they're hard to connect uh, with. Many of you have had decks for years that you can't make sense of, that you can't figure out the symbolism of. Or, or you have taken a shortcut, like like some of my overnight readers who do occultism, 
and they think it's all about just what they feel. They're not even paying attention to what's on the card. They're just saying, oh, I feel and I see, and, 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 and they're not reading the codex because tarot is a form of codex. They're not reading and interpreting the, the quote-unquote codex at all. So this is the book. This is the place where I would begin. I'm giving that to y'all for free <laughs> because at the end of the day, it's a really intense book. It's, it's a deep book. It's a thick book. It's full of all kinds of things that uh, require you to read, reread, read again, um, to pull a dictionary out, to pull a thesaurus out, uh, to, to look through encyclopedias and do further research on the topics, the symbolism, the cultural nuances, that are revealed in this book. And this book is important because it enters the world, not just European culture. This greatly influences everything else that's happening right now, particularly for those of you who are occult-minded, religious-minded, spiritual-minded, even ATR-minded, because ATR is kind of separate from this, right? Um, we're not pagan. We're not witchcraft. And it's a whole nother language when, when you get into a con, fine, airway, you know, uh, et cetera. Um, but then when we go into the realm of practice, <laughs> that's when we, the realm of the world, the marketplace, the crossroads, that's when we then intersect with all this other stuff. And that's why Eshu, you know, and Papa Legba, among other powers, are known to be world lingual globally lingual. Uh, they can speak any language. Eshu, if you didn't know, Legba can speak any language. Not just Yoruba. It's clear. The, the, the Orisha are speaking English now. The, the Orisha are speaking English now through us. The, the Voodoo are speaking English now through us. Not because there's a favor for English. Not because English is, is, is superior. Because we, the children, are here. We, the children, are here. You all should have listened to my, my friend, Wolf, uh, Wolf Hawk Jaguar. Wolf Hawk Jaguar. Wolf Hawk Jaguar. Um, put him in the YouTube search. Song called S.U. on my left, S.U. on my right. Uh, he's got a few songs that I, I have a great favor for. I'm buffering right now, Block Talk Radio. I'm buffering. Oh, wow. I'm buffering, buffering, buffering. I've got to come up with the buffering song. I've got to come up with some kind of buffering song, some kind of buffering chat for when the buffering uh, happens. So where am I, Hoodoo Occultism? Kiona, where am I? Let's see. There are five pending questions. Let me see. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Wow, it's a lot for me to have to scroll back to the questions. Um, and of course, I'm distracted by all this conversation. Yeah, uh, I see the Jesus black, red, green, you know, I, I get that. I think that's a sliding slope into appropriation, syncretization, um, 
doing what makes everybody feel good, doing what makes everybody feel uh, comfortable. Um, it's a sliding slope. It's sort of how we, you know, accept Santa Claus into the into the house, into the family. And so we might not want white Santa Claus. So we want black Santa Claus, or we want Spanish Santa Claus, you know, or, or, or we want Italian Santa Claus. And, and at the end of the day, ain't no Santa Claus, <laughs> you, you know. So I've, I've just always, from childhood, been real. I'm just I'm funny about that and how we sort of embrace the oppressor stuff, but find a way to make it. Um, it's the Stockholm syndrome. Find a way to make it palatable. Find a way to make it universal, so that we can sort of navigate the world universally. Because we know we're going to come in contact with not just the Christian, but the aggressive, overt, terroristic Christian. Uh, the, the Christian that's going to prevent you from getting a job. Not because you're a black, bad person, not because you've done evil, but because you're a Muslim, because you practice hoodoo, because you're an Ifa adherent. You know, that Christian, that Christian that mocks you as a neighbor. Muslim that barks you as a bad neighbor because you aren't a part of my belief or part of my system or, or my way of doing things. So it's a slippery slope for me when we do the uh, I see you, Kiona, uh, on the phone line. Um, 323 Kiona, you open, beloved. I see a sliding slope. Uh, Greetings. Know, Greetings, beloved of the uh, black Jesus, the white Jesus, the Hispanic Jesus. Someone questioned my Omolu. Someone questioned my Babalu Oye shrine. Sits right above Arisha Oko. And I had to first interject that first what you're seeing is not white, it's Hispanic. Uh, A great source of many of my botanical problems uh, products come from the Hispanic community, come from the from the Latin community. Uh, so that was the first thing. If you want to be racial about what you're looking at, the second thing was we're talking about symbolism. So what you're seeing ain't Christian at all. What you're seeing ain't Christ at all. You're seeing Omolu. You're seeing Babalu Oye. You're seeing Sakpata. You're seeing some other powers, some other forces stand up in that. And I even include Sakpata on that shrine, except Sakpata is about this big, because that's all you can get. There aren't no producers out there making Sakpata much bigger than that. Now, I could get an icon from West Africa carved in wood, okay, but wood has its own issues, number one. <laughs> uh, termites, temperature changes, climate changes, et cetera. Number two, you got to get it through the customs. I've had wood implements done for me specifically, spent a month, a month and a half just in custom. Uh, the cost of shipping is going to be often more than the value of, of what you're having sent to you in the first place. So there are all kind of, you know, issues around why we as a people don't have more icons, more imagery that represent us, 
more appropriately, that represent the cultural practice more appropriately. So when people see the Bible, you know, if, if you're only racial, if only political, you know, I'm not saying that that's wrong, but I'm saying that that's only one vibratory pattern within your, your lexicon of, of what's available to you. That's only a certain set of octaves, a certain set of, of, of uh, chakra centers activate when you're only seeing two-dimensional, one-dimensionally, three-dimensionally. You, you've got to move into higher realm to interpret anything you're seeing. If you're looking at me right now, you see a cross, you're blind. You don't know what you're seeing if, if you see a cross above my head right now. That's not what you're seeing. Some people know they see in the cemetery. <laughs> that, that's that's not what that is. Okay, the, what you're seeing is a baby for Baron, for Baron Stampede. So there's a language that's spoken, words through the language that we use, through the nuances to the language. It's certain words we can say, you know, in the community that we all understand that people in the suburbs might shake their head at. You know, the journalist might say, okay, is that a new thing? Can you go into detail? Uh, and so it's that with the symbolism. Um, so no, there's no, there's no love for Jesus. Don't, don't get it confused now. Don't, don't get it twisted. Okay? <laughs> that's not what you're saying. Understand. That's not what you're saying. Um, Listen, y'all, my questions are all out of order. Maybe I need to I got you covered. If you want me to if you want me to assist, I got you covered. But I also wanted to say something to Kiana. Um, when you were saying that um uh, Santa Claus isn't real. And a lot of times, um, transition or leave the church, a lot of times we don't understand that what we were taught was paganism. Um, Santa Claus does exist in Wiccan. We're not Wiccan. We're on ACR, so you can't bring those paths here and then try to compare because it's different, different energies, different spirits, different, different everything. And so you can't also compare altars or or uh, voodoo New Orleans to voodoo um, uh, Haitian voodoo because our ancestors were forced to hide. So if you see, um, um. A, a different um, If there's not a black um, Statue they have to understand that Or don't say anything and ask the question Ask well why is this You know Yeah and and the person that I'm referencing Did ask what's up With, with the white Jesus uh, Which questions are always acknowledged uh, Universal questions are always Acknowledged um, My style is a little heated But all questions are acknowledged um, and so, yeah, that question was asked, and, and that gave me an opportunity uh, to explain. And I appreciate the opportunity to explain. It's when people assume that we have a problem. That's yeah. when Houston. Your first question about was hoodoo occultism from the other show. I mean, the other, yeah. um, the original uh, stream. And um, if you, I know you want to see it to fill the context of it. Is right, you will see where I posted the phone number if you go up and, and then you'll also see like some stars where someone made a comment and that's where you see his question. Okay. So it says the non initiate 
It says the non the uninitiated are breaking their own tab. Excuse me, let me start over. The uninitiated are breaking their taboos unknowingly, but manage to survive. How? Oh, you already know the answer. I say it all the time. Baby, you only getting by on your ancestors. All of that ritual and witchcraft and candle burning and Arisha romancing and, and low-wide drawing you doing. It's, it's just like your prayers are hitting the ceiling and coming back down. You have no relationship with the powers, with the forces, with those Arisha, with those Loads. No marriage has been performed there. So it's like asking, you know, a total stranger off the street to attend to your needs, to attend to your obligations, to be concerned about you and your life and your problems. And there's no relationship built. So I say, baby, oh, baby, you're getting by only on your ancestors. That's what my godmother said. May she rest in a room. That's what Mama Yeye said. And many of, of my other elders say it in, in their own way. You only getting by on your ancestors. And not and let me be clear, not because your ancestral work is, is is kicking in, but because they, you know, they we, we grew up with the saying in our community, and, and again, when we talk about black people and black communities in particular, and we say God, or we see Jesus, or we see Mother Mary you're really seeing a code for something else. So many of us have heard um, God protect babies and fools. And, and what would you say on the plantation with, with master looking over your shoulder? You would say God protects baby and fools. You wouldn't say the ancestors because that could cost you your life. So those hidden things are, are still speaking to us you know, from here. And so our ancestors are our first line of defense. They're in your blood. They're in your DNA. They're in your skin. They're, they're in your genes. So they are your first line of defense. They've had a human incarnation. So they're not like the gods. They're not like the Orisha. They're not like angels, none of which have ever been human, have ever had a human incarnation. And so they stand up for you first. Even in your ignorance, they stand up. Even in your uh, arrogance, they stand up. Even in that state of, oh, I know, I got this. I know what I'm doing. I I didn't read several books. They're there to make sure you don't burn yourself up and burn the house down, you know, and and harm people. And, And I've said also that in that activity, the ancestors are protecting often. But people say, okay, but, you know, I, I burn my candles and I, and I get this and I get that and I get the other and I get this. You know, well, how do you know you're not entertaining Jen? How do you know you're not entertaining demons? Every cultural book talks about that, the activity of, of demon and Jen entertaining humans. You know, they know your greed. They know your desperation. They know your... Uh, uh, fleshly level of heat at any given moment in time. And so they, you know, ask the person who know they're doing wrong. Ask the crackhead. Ask the drug addict. You know, they'll tell you, I, I know crack is wrong, but when I'm broke and I need it, it's like magic. 
Think about it. It's like magic how they come up. How do you come up with $300 a day to maintain a crack habit, a drug habit? If some gin ain't operating with you, if some spirit ain't helping to, to support you in your endeavor. So that's why the, the, the Christian, quote unquote, and the evangelicals are so strong about the devil. They don't talk a lot about demons, but they, but they talk a lot about the devil. And they talk a lot about Satan. They talk a lot about Luther, uh, Lucifer. And, and often when you're running from the church, running from, tr- trying to get away from these organized systems, that pyramid of Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, in all its various forms, including Hebrew Israelites and, and Rastafarians, they've gotten very uh, evangelical and Jehovah Witness-like here lately, by the way. Um, I'm getting track-like communications and and doorbell-like uh, confrontations in my email and my inboxes. All of a sudden, from from Moors and Hebrew Israelites using very evangelical Christian language. By the way, it, it's real freaky out for me. Now, I don't get it. But so people are entertaining often these spirits that are sitting and waiting to respond to that energy output so um yeah kiona that's that's my response for that um i hope i'm not skipping over any questions i see exercises to become a better tarot card reader for beginners read the book that i just offered and read the book that come along with these these tarot cards First, you realize that they, they speak in a whole nother language. Second, you're going to realize that almost every tarot card booklet is the same. It's the same. And that's because the bulk of tarot card decks are going to pull from that original ancient system that's in the, the secret teachings of all eight. Any legitimate tarot card deck. Oracle decks are, are just going to be on their own. Now, some, like the Orisha deck, will attempt to maintain the traditional oracle system, but then they throw in other other cards. They throw in other powers. Now, those powers are pertinent if you really understand Orisha and how Orisha works. So I can read those cards, but not for everybody. I can't read everybody in every scenario the Orisha won't speak through those cards but through every scenario because that's not how the Orisha speak. They speak through palm nuts. They, they speak through cowrie shells. They speak through traditional forms of, of divination. So um, read a lot of books. Study your decks. Don't play with the decks. Read the books that come with the decks. Um, read Manly P. Hall's book. Read a few other tarot books. Uh, that's the best advice. That's the best instruction um, without being my godchild for somebody who's wanting to become uh, a better tarot reader. Of, of course, I got other things that I could say. So many much more things that I could say, but I would have to digress into other areas. Uh, one that you didn't ask about, and two that I, I just don't offer freely. Uh, let's see. What else? Hoodoo Occultism, Kiona, help me. 
help me with the questions that I might not be seeing. Let me check my so phone. So the third question is by Hoodoo Occultism. It says, is there a ritual or a mojo bag that, that protects against the police? Okay. Area code 318. 318, is that Hoodoo Occultism? Yes. Greetings, beloved. Alafia. Bye, one. Me. Um, how you doing? All is a blessing. All is a blessing. I are you at work? Um, yeah, I'm at work, but I'm not really busy right now. Okay, yeah, I don't hear a lot of background noise. Um, I did address <laughs> that question already, but I can go at it again. Uh, just as soon as yeah, I no, 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 you don't. You don't have to. I, I already heard it. <laughs> Thank you so much. So um, we're in the process of answering your other question regarding the witch- the ritual, the mojo bag that protects against the police. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the other one that you had asked, which I typed it in and then it got deleted, was answered. It was about... Um, <laughs> about um uh, people claiming hoodoo but don't know their er- don't know their herbs. Mhm. Yeah. yeah, um that question was answered. I don't know if you heard it or not. Yeah, uh I I wasn't saying I wa- I'm not trying to rush him, but he can answer the question whenever he wants to. It's just I do that because people don't ask me a lot of questions, and I tend to ask questions so people can learn. That's that's what I be doing. It's not that I'm rushing him because a lot of times, like I'm not, I'm like I'm working and really not listening. It's just that I want people to learn, so I ask questions. You know what I mean? For he can have something to talk about for other people to learn. Even if I knew the question, if I knew the answer to the question, somebody else may not know it. So. I just asked the question, but I'd be asking them like repetitively because the reason why I typed it twice is because I thought he started another video and the old question was just so you know, so I, you don't go by just so you know, and I appreciate you. You ask great questions and it also helps uh, me and a lot of people. Um, just so you know, we don't go by gender. So we don't never refer to him, um, sir, none of, we don't go by gender. So, you know, if, we, if you want to say the divine prince or or God or something like that, or you know, then that's that's good. But we we don't we don't go by um, gender. Okay. Um, but your questions are great. Your questions are great, and it's keeping the the chat the chat going. Yeah. So that's that's why I do it. That uh, I'm not Thank doing you it because so I'm trying to rush. Thank you, beloved. Um, I'm back, Kiona, um, as you can see okay. on, on camera. Um, I appreciate the both of you um, for keeping the show moving forward, for always being so uh, professional and, and on point, uh, for making sure things not just for yourselves, um, but for others, and I absolutely appreciate that. Um, I appreciate also your patience uh, while I went to the door. Um, I did have to receive another package, and of course, reached my hand. And so I'm ready. I'm ready to go. If there are indeed any new questions, 
please input them in the chat in all capital letters so that I can see them and so that the moderators can see them clearly um, in the chat. Uh, if you are un unable to use all capital letters, use appropriate punctuation so that we can then see and acknowledge your question, and I'll most certainly do that. I also invite you, because you still have time, probably about 30 minutes, to call me now at area code 845-277-9143. 845-277-9143. When you're ready with your question, comment, or request, do press the number one on your telephone keypad. I'll be more than happy to unmute your mic and bring you uh, into the conversation. Who's doing call Um I see you. Um, I'm unmuting your mic. Give me your question. Okay. Um, I have a, I had a friend. Well, I have a friend. Um, speaking of the gene and people um, basically just going to deities without being, you know, introduced to those deities, my friend he went to he matter of fact he went to New Orleans and he was given a ritual uh meditation to do by somebody in, in, in some shop over there. Um he so he came back home, he followed all the instructions, him and my other friend. So they yeah. got some uh tiger bomb, rubbed it on their pioneer gland, like they did it for like two days, I think, taking psychedelics. And yeah. um, drawing the sigils on the on the wall and just staring at the sigil for like 48 hours, I think. And they was just up. And next thing you know, my friend, uh, that week later, he was going down the street with a shotgun in his hand, threatening to kill himself and kill other people. He After that, he spent a month in the crazy home. So um, I, I absolutely understand that people can get into some things that they don't know, you know what I mean? It's messing with deities they don't even know anything about because I've seen it happen. Could you speak on that a little bit? Absolutely. And it's not just, you know, that you think you have an issue that might be hollow and empty and don't have, you know, the proper ingredients. Or you think that you can make that up and, and create your own. But it's also the actual stuff itself, you know, the items, the statuary, uh, the, the pictures themselves can carry and pick up uh, gin. We had a caller, I don't know, maybe a month back. I can't remember who it was or where it was from. But I remember the conversation <clears throat> because it reminded me of an aunt of mine who traveled globally. Uh, and spent a lot of time in Africa and brought a lot of pieces back that she had no real understanding of or connection to about where they came from, how they were used, how they were made, and then of course what spirit attaches might be attachments might be on the implements themselves. And so she eventually, you know, started seeing things run around her house, run through corners of her house, you know, in and out of spaces where, where there should not have been any openings, um, and she attributed to these items, to these artifacts. Sometimes these items are created uh, when I'm doing ancestral work, for instance. We talk a lot about uh, 
keep agey and, and statuary that people could use on their ancestral shrine. And often these features are created just for tourism, you know, just, just for the tourists that they know are going to come in, you know, or off the, the cruise or whatever, that want to take home a piece of their culture, uh, that, that want to take home a piece of their uh, their experience, if you will. And so the tour guides are always there to offer these, these various items. And even those pieces, as naked and empty and uh, generic as they might be, they can very well capture and carry spirit attachment that people then take home with them um, and, and then end up having to figure out how to uh, get rid of or, or, or remove them or, or lessen its effect uh, in their space. Some great Hollywood movies um, have been created around this concept. Uh, there was an old movie from 1966, I believe, 66, 67, Trilogy of Fear. The Trilogy of Fear, and you can find it on YouTube. Uh, it's three different stories, three different scary, spooky stories. And this one particular story is about uh, 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 this, this white girl who I think the package came to her in the mail. I think someone may have sent it to her, and she opened it, and it was a little troll doll, you know, carved out of wood about this tall, you know, with a spear and a shield. I actually have one very similar to it, by the way. Um, and she pricked her finger on it uh, quite possibly, I don't know, and it came to life and, and you know, basically tortured her uh, and then eventually possessed her. Uh, and then she made a phone call and sat and waited on the next person to come so, so that she could then, you know, exact the same uh, energy and, and attack, I guess, on the next victim. But it has even made its way into books, into movies, into pop cultural, pop cultural awareness, um, the ability to, to harness these spirit attachments, particularly on, on natural and, and, and organic things, and then carry them into other environments where they indeed be be harmful. Um, Gray Skies is asking um, about my concept of love. Love is an action word. Um, wait, wait, guy, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Please don't be mad at me, but you're about to jump out of order. Gray Skies had a question. It says, do you believe in a divine mother? That was the next question, but so if you answer the love, yes, you're going to jump out of order. I asked divine, I answered divine mother. I don't know, like, like 30 minutes ago, <laughs> when we started, when we first started the show and, and, and the question was asked, do I love Jesus? Same time, I responded to the great mother and every culture in the world having a concept of the great mother. We, we all come out of the great vagina is what I said. I got real specific about it. Um, so I don't know. Maybe the questions are out of order. Um, I don't know. I'm not even sure we are exactly where we're seeing the chat visually right now, Keona. Because I did respond to that in, in great detail. Um, absolutely. The world, I, I talked about the world once being 
governed by the goddess. Um, and even when you look at the, the story of King Arthur, which was one of the creators and, and, and givers and birthers of, of England and London and, and, and that whole entire culture, by the way, if you don't, you know, if you are familiar with the history, um, they existed in a, in a goddess-driven world. And there was a war, a battle, a conflict to capture the world from the goddess and, uh, and establish a male god figure uh, in, in position as a head. We also find that story in indigenous African-based traditional systems, by the way. Uh, I believe it's, it's among the Kikuyu in, um, in the Turkana and some of those people in, in East Africa, very jet black, shiny, beautiful people. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but I digress. Um, and they tell a story of the world being controlled by women and the goddess and the men setting up to trap the women, to trick the women, um, and, and to get all the women pregnant at, at the same time so that they could then steal the world and, and steal stewardship of the world from women and, and from the goddess and, and then and, and, and then input this male dominated god figure in the world. So even amongst other cultures, uh, other ethnic groups, we see this similar story of a time when the world was indeed goddess driven, the great mother. The cosmos is the great mother. The black hole, the black hole, come on now. <laughs> the whole universe comes from out of the black goddess, the black mother, the black vagina. Um, I hope my show don't get X-rated, you know, and blocked uh, for this conversation. But but it's implied in almost everything that we think we know about occult practice and symbolism, about ATR and, and uh, animism and, and how the system works. Um, oh my goodness, I'm about to get in trouble. Uh, just the very divination board in which we operate from, you know, the mouth of creation, you know, is indeed a, a reference to symbolism to all things in creation being birthed um, from the great mother. So, I mean, I don't have a problem answering that question three, four more times. Keon. <laughs> Thank you I so much. You did that. an amazing job. You did an amazing job. But the next question is, do you use the Hermetic Tarot? No. I have it. I own it. I possess it. Um, I have a, a deck from the 70s, um, but not particularly, no. Uh, most people don't understand it. Most people um, don't vibe well with it. And when I say most people, I'm not talking about the readers. I'm talking about the people you're reading who have no connection to that culture, that tradition, those people, that, that dynamic. Um, and I've never, I guess, never said this out. That's why I use Egyptian tarot. Um, I'm very well versed in tarot. As I'm instructing you, seek out Manny P. Hall's book to study and understand tarot. So I'm, I'm well-versed in their symbolism. Hear me clearly. My grammar is always intentional. Um, my word usage is always intentional. I use the deck that I feel most connected to. Ethnically, culturally, as I would suggest that any tool 
The only tool that I find has universal appeal, universal usage. Uh, when I'm looking over here, y'all, I'm looking at the chat. So forgive me, I'm not ignoring the camera. No, you're on track. It's just once you, uh, what's your what's your concept on love? Is the next question after that? You you're good to go. You and I don't want to comment too much because you'll be able to see your way straight down. It's like, it'll be two more questions pending after that. I mean, we have time. We're not we're not in a rush. Let me finish, let me get my words out. Um, the only universal tool of divination. Hear me now, because I'm giving y'all jewels. Okay, you're getting this for free. <laughs> and, uh, and nothing in life is for free. Um, the only universal tool for divination. Oh, I was going to say the only one. I'm going to say two. For divination, that's uncorruptible, un- unmanipulatable. You, you can't sort of fool around with it and make it do what you want to do. Um, which doesn't require a whole bunch of prayers, chants, mantras, um, spirit work to go into, is I Ching. The Chinese I Ching. It, it shows up as a, a as a Roman numeral I. That's what it looks like. C-H-I-N-G. I Ching or I Ching. Um, it's the safest form of divination to use on yourself. Now, it's interpretable. You know, you, you still have to interpret it. It still speaks very specifically in a scary kind of way to your situation. But I don't advise it for tarot or shells or um, even ruins to some degree. Um, should only be done in, in a ritual context, in a ritual format. Um, and, 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 in the, and, and in that case, how much DNA do you have to connect you to these tools? And the other tool that that I, I feel is universally safe is, of course, crystal. But crystal requires clarity of the mind, clarity of the third eye, clarity of the chakra, you being whole and healthy at every level, earth, water, fire, air, and mind, spirit, emotion, energy, you know, in order to truly be sure that you're getting, getting a clear message and you have to test the spirit, make sure that you're not speaking to to jinn, disembodied, other, other forces that would want to be in communication with you. My concept of love is an action word. I said that the other day. Love is an action word. You know, when we say love, you know, depending on where you were raised, what your background is, what you've been through in your life, um, that covers your idea of what love is. So some of you, if you know, the romance level is General Hospital and and all my children. It's uh, the, 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 red, the wedding ring, which I keep reminding you, it's very, very new. I think that came out in like the early 1900s when De Beers, you know, invaded South Africa and, and, and took over the, the the diamond mines. That's when that concept was created. Our whole ideal of marriage, what marriage is and, and how marriage is done and the legal entanglements and the governmental entanglements that are involved in, in marriage don't mirror anything indigenous, anything that existed, you know, in, in the quote-unquote old world. 
Um, so our whole concept of love and relationships, even romance, even is diluted, polluted. Um, our concept of masculinity and femininity and sex roles is diluted and polluted um, a great deal by the West and Western concepts and Western belief systems that are rooted in Christianity, Judaism, Islam. We're seeing some movement there a little bit, um, and people are resisting because they because they've been programmed and they want to hold tight onto the oppressor's way of seeing and viewing things. But when you look at the old world, the indigenous world, when you look at India, Indonesia, China, Africa, South America, the Americas, you see ethnic, cultural traditions that acknowledge five genders. So the idea that, you know, all of a sudden, this is a new thing, this is the devil, you know, where did this ideal come from? Um, this is not new. We're actually making our way forward by making our way back to more indigenous ways of viewing ourselves and how we live and, and, and what we're made of. Uh, we've, we've gone through generations of now of just focusing on the flesh, of just focusing on, on carnality, of just focusing on materialism. Uh, we can almost look at time particularly decades when, for instance, the 80s really locked in materialism for my generation. H having designer clothing and, and items in your house that had a name, that had a label. The introduction of cable was a status symbol. The introduction of video games and owning, you know, an Atari set, you know, was a status symbol. Um, and, and so all of that now feeds into how we identify what love is. And, and what love looks like and, and how love should manifest. And love, indeed, is an action word. And it's not, again, entirely about buying me a whole bunch of things, buying your spouse and your kids a whole bunch of things. But we do have responsibilities when we acknowledge love. We protect. You don't want bad things to happen to, to people that you love. You want them to be sheltered. You don't want them outside in, in, in the weather. You know, you don't want them going without food and, and clean water, you know. But, but in, now in this culture, oh, wow, love requires so much more. It, it requires a, a 8.0 credit score. <laughs> it requires having, you know, a, a bank account. And I'm being serious now. It's humorous, and it might be a little entertaining, but I'm serious. Because even I, even I wouldn't enter a relationship now without having concerns about credit, responsibility, and how that person has stewardship over what they have. That's biblical now. How, how do you manifest stewardship over what you own? We all want better. We all want wealth, riches, fame, fortune. How do you maintain and show stewardship over what you have? Can you handle more? Do you know what to do with greater? I remember when the internet and internet selling first really came out, long before Shark Tank, okay? And 
people who had great ideas and great products, so they thought, and then they jumped out on the internet and had a million sales, you know, overnight and couldn't fulfill them, couldn't couldn't live up to them, you know, and, and immediately go out of business or immediately go into debt. Some of us not ready for that million dollars. Some of you not ready for that leadership position. And, but don't negate where you are in the process. Don't, you know, ignore where you are in the process. And always remember, I, I'm now in the polishing mode, the construction mode for royalty, for fame and fortune, for wealth, for, for prosperity. I am prosperity. My I am mantra. I am health and wellness. I oh I am whole, happy and complete. I am. I am because my creators are. And so if my creators own everything, control everything, create everything, why then would I not as as the descendant own and possess, inherit, inherit that which our creators have for us? It's what all the religions say. It's what all the great spiritual philosophies say. It's what the uh, uh, power of positive thinking says. It's what the the, the, the the secret message, you know, we cut, try to package it for each generation like it's brand new. And none of this is brand new. This is ancient as, as the world itself. This is ancient humanity itself. But how many are going to do the work and the hardest work is in here, changing how we see things, how we view things, gaining and learning the ability to project our creation, our recreation onto the canvas that is life so that it comes back to us, you know, full fold, multiplied, you know, <clears throat> that's what we're here to do is to be God and to create and recreate God in the flesh each and every day. Um, so love is a, is a demonstrative word. Love is, is more akin to nurture. Love is more akin to uh, care. Love is more, uh, uh, and I mean care, not, not the, the plant that you let die, you know, not the, the dog or the cat, you know, that you're not taking really good care of. You know, not the fish that you let starve to death, you know, or let they water, you know, that's not care. That That's not nurture and therefore not love. Even when we use love, you know, in another abstract, our love for a particular thing, our love for crystals and stones, our love for the finer things of life, then what does love mean? Is it more of a passion for? Is it more of a, of a strong desire for? And desire is a slippery slope. We desire things that we don't need. We desire things that we don't really want. So so love is just like Jesus is real cloudy for me. Uh, it, that's hard for me to envision in my world. Outside of action, activity, I, I know my mom loves me. Not just because mother is supposed to love you, but because me and my mom have been through hell and back. And I've seen my mother struggle through her own work to be a, a better mother and a better individual. 
and I'm sure she would agree in the reverse. She's seen me go through hell and back and come back from being a possible statistic to now being the king and the leader of authentic New Orleans voodoo. So love is an action word for me. How, you say you love your job. What does that mean, really? Do you love your job because they have free food? Do you love your job because you don't do a whole lot? You can sit in a chair. Do you love your job because you, you know, have a great social life, you know, at the hospital or, you know, in the office building, you know, that's very entertaining and, and keeps you jumping every day. And, and then your job is, is a small portion. We, we got to be clear about our words. Words are power. Words are magic. Words are ritual. So love is a very elusive word for me. And particularly when it comes to that love and relationship house, that emotional house, that's why as a reader, I'm, I'm a reader with multiple sisters and brothers, with multiple family dynamics, you know, of various types. Um, I, I see love. I, I can't hear love unless I am hearing the story being told, you know, about love and action. But, but I see love. I feel love. That that word is very hard for me to, to put in a in a uh, holiday, Valentine Day. You know, it, it's very hard for me to put in that <laughs> in that in that sort of context. Uh, who do occultism read a book called? ancient future and it said that I Ching came from East Divination. Um, I'm familiar with that theory. I don't know if it came from, but might possess a similar root. Now, let me say something else shocking. Um, there, Alafia, that's an Arabic word. That is not a Yoruba-rooted word. Um, so we have to consider the trade route and the trade activities between places like Timbuktu in West Africa and then Kemet, Mayro, Ethiopia, you know, Sudan uh, in the Nubia, in the East. And so we know language was being transferred, practice was being transferred, uh, ritual was being transferred, even board games, seed games bead games and beads themselves were literally being transferred through these trade routes. Trade routes. So there, there could very well be an ancient, ancient connection if not Egypt or, or some other nation older than Egypt that would tie that Ifa binary because it's not Orisha. Orisha is what people see, particularly people who aren't initiated on the outside. We're talking about Ifa or Fa divination now in terms of that binary system, that 16 principle Odu, that 256 possible combinations that, that, that can arise from it, and then how that technology, how that math, how that knowledge is now being applied in this cell phone. It's not being applied in this computer. Our computer works on that same system. I have a quite lengthy document. It's an old document tucked away in my computer somewhere that is a, is a, is a 
a, a thesis basically on IFA math and, and system science and its connection to to technology. So yes, that I Ching system, the uh, Feng Shui system, if you are indeed truly familiar with the Feng Shui system, uh, there's a charting that happens that shows up that is universal. So no matter where you are, who you are, you know, certain numbers. It's almost like the Stargate movie, if you're familiar, where they have to dial that Stargate. And so, so many numbers, so many lines, so many planetary positions, so many constellations, so many deities and powers in motion are mapped out in these systems of I Ching, of uh, Feng Shui, of Afa and Ifa divination that are indeed universal. Math is universal. Science is universal. You know, I've been looking at N95s and masks and face covering in great detail a lot because they're everywhere. And I noticed the difference between, you know, the London, UK face mask and the Chinese face mask and the Japanese face masks and, and so-called Americans. You know, and I'm looking at the nuances and the differences. And, and we say it's just a face mask. We say it's all the same. But then there's these grades and these numbers and, and you know, N95, 500, and, and then, of course, fraudsters and perpetrators and, and people making knockoffs and imitations and, and attempting to confuse you, you know, on, on what it is that you're buying. But even when we think toothpaste, I've talked about this over the years, you know, buying toothpaste in a story, it, it, it's confusing as hell for me. You know, what's the difference between one or the other? You know, why does one have this in it and the other have that in it? You know, how is that showing up in the price? You know, am I paying more for a brand? You know, does this whitener really do more than, than the baking soda? I mean, you know, it's just crazy when we think about availability. And when I talk to my friends and family in places like Haiti, Cuba, um, Jamaica, Guyana, you know, you go into the store, Crest, you got Crest, you know, you got one toothpaste, you know, it's not seven, it's not 10, you know, it's not 50, it's not this just overwhelming diversity. Um, listen, follow me because I'm making a point. Because um, today, you know, many of you are home, cabinets are full. Freeze, deep freezers full, refrigerators full, backup refrigerators full, you know, the dining room table is loaded down, you know, with just variety. And it is known scientifically that the more variety you have, the more apt you are to eat and, and to eat outside of your, you know, your dietary necessities. So you're going, to, you're going to taste a little bit of this, and you're going to taste a little bit of that. We see it at Thanksgiving. We see it at uh, Christmas. We, we see it on these days when we lay out these huge, you know, buffets, and, and it's necessary culturally. It's a need and a requirement culturally that you eat everything, that you taste everything, not just in black folks, all around the world. You know, it's offensive in, in, in Asia to not eat. 
you know, but it's also offensive to to clean your plate, to to eat like you're starving and, and suck up the juices and, and mop the plate. <laughs> That's also uh, considered offensive uh, in, in Asia. But I just think about the idea of variety and how you hear me talk over and over again about the internet and our ability to pull up every book, every tradition, every practice to some degree, if you know the right word. If you don't know ethnic groups, if you don't know cultures, if you don't know traditions, you're getting what's on the top. You're getting what's at the edge of the aisle, you know, of your shopping center. The stuff that they want to force on you, the stuff that's being most promoted, the stuff that might be most popular at the time. And not everybody's going to go back into those aisles and, and move stuff out of the way and look in the back and look up on the top and, and, and really see what's hidden. And you've got to be willing to do that work in yourself. You've got to be willing to do that work for yourself. Those, that, those are my I am affirmations. You know, I am health. I am healing. I try to stay away from healing, I-N-G. I am health. I am wellness. I am imbalance. I am complete. Fake it until you make it. Use your imagination. Convince your mind that things are improving, and they will. That, that placebo effect has been documented scientific, scientifically. If you tell people that it's going to help, if you tell people that it's going to improve, that on its own provides a placebo effect. But I'm offering you more than the placebo. I'm offering you the real deal right now. <laughs> and a real way to train, change and transformation. Not from what I've read in the book. Not just from what the elders and people who touched my head and been passed down. But through my own experience. I take great pride when my mama shows up on the show. I take great pride when my sister Wapani shows up on the show. I take great pride when people who I grew up with or have known me 30, 40 years show up on the show because they're witnesses to my own utilization of this own utilization of this knowledge. And so my vocation is to give it to you. It's, it's to gift it, G-I-F-T, to gift it to you, but you gotta want it. You gotta want it, and you gotta want to work to accept it. It's more than just I need that, but I'm not sure I want to do that work. It's a little bit more to it than that. So I need to grab my glasses, Fiona. I can't see if I got questions up. I see you have conversations. Yeah, Keisha Smith. That you know, brands of toothpaste, brands of toilet paper. I grew out of that, you know, and forgive me for branding right now. I grew out of that Charmin thing years ago. You know, Charmin is big, fluffy, full of air, really. How do you process toilet paper differently every single time? You add air to it. Maybe you add some aloe vera and some lotion to it, maybe. But 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 how do you improve on toilet paper, really? Really? So um, I use Charmin as an example. Charmin clog up your plumbing. Charmin clog clog up your septic system. Of course, now they have septic system free Charmin, but it'll back up. You know, just like rich foods will will hurt you over time. 
So, you know, certain things I cut the corners on, certain things I will buy, you know, I, I buy Scott. You know, I don't need the Charmin. You know, now, when it comes to other items, you know, I don't cut corners on my Dr. Bonner peppermint soap. Okay? I don't, I don't cut the corners on that. You know? <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, help me with my questions, my comments, my requests. I love you. I love you all. Am I ignoring phone callers? Do I have a caller whose mic is not open? Oh, okay. My apologies, Kiona and who do occultism. I had y'all on mic, on mute, because somebody had background noise going on. But both of y'all are good now. So, Kiona and who do occultism. Oh, may I, may I interject? Yes, please. Thank you so much. You're you're doing a great job. So, who do occultism um, asked a question. Um, it says, can we know anything about Oya? Oya is, in English, sudden change and transformation. In symbolism, she is the wind. As an element, she is the current. And someone help me. I know there's another name for the current that moves continentally, that shifts weather, that control our weather and and the direction and the movement of the cloud. That is your Oya. She is motherhood. She is a great river, uh, a two, what they call a two-territory river in, in Nigeria. So all these deities, Oshun, Oya, Yemiya, all have connections to the water, by the way. They all have a river named after them in, in West Africa. But uh, she is as an element, the wind, the forces that, that move us through life. And I often refer to that as, as the weather, such change and transformation. She's often dramatically depicted with Shango, Obakoso, um, as the wind in storm and weather changing. Often we can't see weather change without storm without uh, lightning and thunder and hearing thunder and, and feeling that wind pick up and, and move through. We, we don't notice weather as much otherwise. Um, the sun is out and, and, you know, and it might rain, you know, and, and particularly your spring rain and it's warm and lovely and beautiful, but we don't, excuse me, we don't often acknowledge or recognize weather um, without storms, tornadoes, torrential rain flooding, a real change that makes us acknowledge and respect Mother Nature. Um, and so Oya, uh, in tradition, governs the movement of, of diseases, um, airborne diseases, germs that move from place to place. Um, if, um, who do a cultism? Your background noise right now is ridiculous. Um, um, she moves diseases and germs you know, from, from one place to from one place to another. Um so so we also acknowledge uh Oya and that. She is said in the West to be, you know, the gateway to the cemetery. Uh, and that is not entirely true. Um she's the gateway to the ground. She was said to go into the ground and then come up again uh in another place. Uh 
according to uh, one of her stories, she was uh, said to enter the ground in, in one location and, and then spring up in another. Oya, whose main symbol is the Niger River in West Africa, was once a buffalo. And so buffalo parts come into play uh, when we think about how Oya is made, um, how Oya is, is created. Uh, Orisha are made for those who are, who are new or who don't understand. She was once a buffalo, and then she became a human, and she married Ogu, and then she married Shango. And when she left, she entered the earth through the crust in a town called Ira, fall down near the ancient Oyo, and reappeared on the surface like the Niger River. So she is indeed Mother Earth. Uh, she is earth and water. So you, from that, you get clay, you get mud, uh, you get some of the very substances of, of uh, life breaking down, but also life being recreated, being lifted up again. Uh, she is like renewal uh, in some instances, recycling uh, in some instances. And the wind and the world are, oh yeah, the movement in earth is Oya. Um, earthquakes is a manifestation of Oya. And she is related to a spiritual source called Ajalaya Ajala Aye. Ajala Aye. Ajala Aye. Which are the warm winds or those uh, currents that I tried to describe that move earth that move dust from one place to another, that move the sand, you know, of the Serengeti and, and the other uh, more drier uh, um, uh, desert lands. That movement is created and, and recreated by um, Oya. She is the sifting process and, and sedimentary earth is created by the movement of um, Ajala Aye and, of course, the movements of Oya proper. Also, these ajalaaye or winds play a negative role by spreading germs, disease, pestilence, um, seasonal change and transformation on which we have to adjust to, uh, of which we have to adapt to. She is the goddess of the market and trade and the strongest warrior among the female Orisha. Oya dancers are violent, are whirling, spinning uh, like the whirling dervishes, uh, but but much more violent. Um, she comes through in, in ceremony, and when she possesses aggressively, Oya enters um, a ceremony. Some of her attributes are the ero kere, or the horse tail, the yak tail whip, a, a particular or specific color. Her metal is copper, and she is considered to be uh, Shango's greatest love interest, Shango's greatest partner. But they both are associated with other Arisha, other deities, other other spirits in the Yoruba pantheon, in the Yoruba stories. Um, she is most widely recognized among the Yoruba women, Oya. Oh, yeah. 
even more so than um, than Ocean. I'm being asked about Oba, respectfully. I'm Kiona. Oba represents a river close to Oyo, Nigeria. And she represents um, marital fidelity, repressed love, and the struggle for the loved one. People who are desiring love, people who are single and unhappy, um, Oba stands up in that, to be unmarried, uh, to be without children, um, is still seen as a, as a taboo uh, in many African nations and, and many African cultures and, and traditions. And so Oba represents uh, those things that would otherwise prevent the, the happy uh, aggression and evolution of, of the natural process of, of life that would include uh, love, marriage, attraction, childbirth, uh, and, and, and the recreation of, of life and, and, of course, the next uh, generation. Uh, she is strong. She is feared, as you would imagine, being childless or being single would be feared in some African in cultures. Uh, she's energetic and she's regarded as stronger than many male Orisha. Uh, the power of, of, of being alone and isolated and separated is seen as stronger than that of many warrior male Orisha. Uh, she lives in ceremony, keeping custody uh, of the children. She's associated with other deities that often have sola, like I Ganyu Sola behind their name, which represents uh, solo or isolated or set apart. Um, we don't technically see I Ganyu a lot. If, if he's the lava, if he's the magma, if he's the hidden fire uh, within the earth, if you will. And so Oba lives in the cemetery. And her place is, is with the tombs. Uh, Oba dresses in pink. Uh, Oba uh, dresses in pink and wears headscarves that cover her her ears uh, because there's a story of Pataki about, and even some Oriki about her cutting off her ear in uh, a particular story in her relationship to Shango. And there are certain discrepancies about Oba's situation with I say situation that's very modern situationship with Shango with Oshun um, and, and indeed with Oya Oba has a relationship to all three of them and so for the Yorubas Oba was the one who betrayed uh, the one not Oshun but, but the one who is not uh, uh, she's the baby mama. She's the other woman. She's the 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 uh, home wrecker. She's the uh, woman who spreads malicious gossip. Uh, she she embodies over all of those because again, the idea that one might be single or one might not have, you know, be childless uh, or, or barren in the worst case scenario um, 
in, in some of these old world indigenous cultures would have been seen as an, a not so good thing. Um, so all these negative connotations and emotional responses and, and ways in which they believe um, a woman might identify and, and might demonstrate her being in that position has been placed on how we know and understand and, and sort of work with um, with Oba. And Oba, without giving away the secret, the mystery, um, too, has a lot to do with clay. And so fragmented pots, cracks in pots, um, cracks in your in your best porcelain, um, you know, are, are signs of, of energy connected to and related to Oba. Um, breaking your dishes um, are, all have a, a, a relationship to and a connection um, with Oba. Um, I hope I answered that question. Um, Clearly, I feel like you I'm did. Rambling. You did. You answered two questions at one time. Um, Justice had a question on what you had spoke about earlier in the broadcast um, on secondhand um, items bought in stores, possibly carrying unknown attachments, and just ask if you could give some examples to clear those items before bringing them into your home. Okay. Yeah. Anything. First of all, anything that can be ammonia should be ammonia, uh, and if it's not clear. You know, in terms of magical supply, that's my first line of defense. Everything coming in, right now, everything coming in gets bleached. But but then once that's dry and, you know, safe to handle, uh, free of the aroma, um, then I'm going for my ammonia. Uh, my candles, I don't work a candle uh, without ammonia, without cleaning it inside and out with sudsy ammonia water. Um, your space, your ritual space, I, I do that in ammonia. And some of you, you know, I got a lot of SU tricksters that I always watch the show. Um, and, and so some of you are like, you know, well, what, what did the ancestors do? What did the slave ancestors do? They used young girls' pee. Now we're crossing over into hoodoo. They would use young girls' pee. Now remember, there's, there's an outhouse. So you ain't about to go out with the vermin. You ain't about to go out in the dark, you know, even if you got a shotgun and a lamp. Most women are not about to do that in the old world. Um, so you now have house pots. And so your young girls would for sure be eating a healthy diet, would be clean, wouldn't have other, you know, nicotine and alcohol and other stuff in their system and, and a drinking, you know, clean water. And so you're going to get that fresh pee in the morning, that that pee when you first wake up. And they collected that pee. I'm Listen, this is real real talk here. This is real history here. This, I'm stepping into Denise Augustine, OurSacredStories.com, tour guide territory right now. And that pee would be collected. And then this front stoop would be washed down with it. Steps, the porch will be washed down with it. Uh, my, my chemists, my biologists, my medical folks know why the high concentration of ammonia. So now we have clean, free, manufactured, store-bought ammonia. 
you know, that we use to wipe things down, to purify things with, you know, to go through your wood floors, your linoleum floors, your concrete floors, your, you know, whatever your, 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 your covered floors. But of course you can't do that quite, you know, with your, with your carpet, you know, the other ways to sort of work it, you know, through your carpet. But um, I use ammonia. That's the front line to the cleanse. Um, then smudged. Okay, so depending on what the item is, depending on where the item came from, I might be very crafty in my choice of resin, in my choice of herb, in my choice of plant, in terms of uh, cleansing that particular thing, um, that particular item. Um, certain smells, certain resin, certain fragrances might invoke the action and activity might invoke a state of awakening in, in the item. So you want to be cautious of that. Um, of course, there's your red brick and your salt. And so there's ways to trap the spirits in these items uh, until you can identify them, until you can see them and limit their ability to sort of move around. If they're going to rise up, if they're going to show itself, it, it's got to do it in place. Um, by way of your your salt and your red brick dust lines uh, to keep them in position. Uh, so there are many ways to purify and cleanse and protect. Um, some items are just not meant to have. You got to go through all of that. So I'm assuming we're talking about ritual items, items of antiquity, um, authentic carvings, authentic masks, authentic jewelry. Um, by all means silver and gold, um, old silver and gold of every type needs to be cleansed um, and in some cases exercised. I'm assuming that that's what we're talking about. Items of value. Um, there are items that you don't want to cleanse. There's items that you don't want to buy. Um, my grandma's stuff, never. Stuff that's passed down, never. Even if it might be deemed problematic. But everybody ain't me. <laughs> everybody ain't the hoodoo chief. Everybody ain't, ain't the voodoo chief. Everybody's not me. Um, so I don't suggest. And so I, I get stuff in the mail. People give me stuff, gift me stuff, bring me stuff, um, evict stuff. Uh, I can't keep this in my house. You've got to have it. Uh, my sister wife, Tony Val, has gifted me masks in particular. She don't play around with math. She understands power of math. Uh, even your uh, peer, peer one, you better be careful about what you're getting in peer one. Peer one, a lot like Walmart, likes to go to Indonesia and, and India and, and, and places far away and have things recreated, you know, from authentic pieces. But as I said earlier in the show, they still have energy attachments on them, cultural energy attachments on them as it relates to the people and subject matter. Most certainly the, the place and the location and the wood and matter and material in, in which these items are being sort of produced from. So, you know, Tony Val don't play around with masks and, and a lot of them, masks and statuary have ended up at my house um, before they had an opportunity to Manifest, you know, in her space. So, yeah, I would be careful 
um, I know it's a curious thing, and particularly for some of us, I love a good yard sale. I love a good antique store. I love a good thrift shop. I love a good resale shop. You know, I'm going in there and I'm going to find the gold. Often the gold treasure will find me. And and so I'm often very careful about those pieces and how I carry them out. Uh, some of those uh, pieces I wouldn't allow them to put in a bag. Um, I almost got into a confrontation with one woman who wanted to, to wrap my, my item in plastic. I said, oh, no, oh, no, no, no. And, and certainly not plastic, no. Oh, well, no, and it's this, and it's that, and I, girlfriend, I, I paid for it, right? Don't wrap my item in plastic. You know, I, I've had to go through those routes. Um, some items you got to carry. Some items you don't put in a bag. Some items you don't put in a box. Some items you pick up and you carry. You know, um, some of you remember my move from the apartment building around the corner into this house that I'm in now. Um, some of those items I, I carry by hand, individually, from one place to the next. Moving shrines and altars is, is a big deal. Some of my godchildren are learning that now for the first time. You know, you're in transition, you know, from one place to the next. You know, you're already cramped maybe by who you're sharing space with. And the next thing is you, you're eventually going to have to move. You're eventually going to have to care for the living thing that is your shrine, that is your altar, that is your influence through that journey. And we know stuff gets broke, stuff gets lost, stuff gets stolen. Energy attachments to all that stuff. So, yeah, it ends up in the pawn shop. It ends up at the at the thrift store. It ends up at the resale. It ends up at your neighbor's house in some cases. You know, I've got a huge slab of, of um, rock. I can't remember. I think it's granite. Uh, I thought it was throwaway. It was just out on the street. And, and I got... a. Ogu just happened to walk by. <laughs> and Ogu picked it up for me and brought it into the house. I mean, superhuman. Three people couldn't move this thing. Four people. Ogu picked it up. Looked like he was fresh out of Angola or something. I don't know. And he picked it up and brought it into the house. Y'all, he went and was a bottle of water. Ogu. Um, and went on about his way. Never seen him ever again. Uh, and it turned out to be a piece my neighbor Harvest Canyon somewhere out 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 west, uh, and, and had this plan to turn it into a table or some kind of art piece. Well, of course, after I brought it in, they didn't want it back. Never asked for it back. Uh, eventually moved, <laughs> okay, and it's still um, one of the main center uh, floor shrine pieces in my front room. I can feed ancestors there. I can I can feed older spirits there. Um, I, I keep Sajidi situated on top of it so that he can travel earth, air, land, sea, water, fire, ether, etc. So, um, yeah, getting stuff, even finding stuff on the street, you don't know what's attached to it. I found a lot of good stuff in the alleyways. Um, not because I was broke or not because I couldn't afford. It's entertaining. It's 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 a, a treasure hunt. <laughs> and particularly places like Denver, Colorado. I don't know how much Denver has changed over the decades. But back 
when I was there in, in the early 90s, late 80s, going into the early 90s, um, man, you could find brand new stuff. You could find very little used stuff. You could find antique stuff. You were just going through the alleyways. And so I found great tables and chairs and altar setups, uh, equipment, you know, just by traversing, you know, the alleyways. So I know people don't throw out like they used to. And and now a lot of the quote unquote thrift stores are, are expensive, like retail and antique shops you need. Um, spirit will show you things, bring things to you, put things right in your path that might be useful or beneficial to you. Sometimes all you have to do is ask. Sometimes all you have to do is just say it out loud and, and, and know that spirit or, and ancestors are living and what you need comes to you. What you need comes right back to you. The artist April Incorporated, thank you so much. Greetings, beloved. Oh, beloved, you're at that age. 30, you're at that magical age. It's a reason why, you know, the Christ was nailed and crucified and went through hell and back at 33. You're about to be reborn. Between 30 and 33, it's a reason those numbers are important to Mason. It's a reason those numbers are important to Shriners. It's a reason those numbers are important in math. 30 to 33. So this is your opportunity to step into your God itself, your God self, the wholeness of who you are, beloved. I greet you. I support you in your journey. Welcome. The hair professor. Awesome, awesome. So you got a long time, you got a long time supporter, um, Moonchild, follows you on several platforms. And I just had a quick question. Um, are there any uh, voodoo teachers in Brooklyn, New York? Um. Not that I'm aware of right now. Now, 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 let me say, I would expect there to be because there's a vibrant Haitian community in, in, in New York. So that's the first thing, find the Haitians. And it's going to be difficult. Take Scratch that. That's a negative word. It's going to be a challenge. Locate Haitians that are one, willing to even discuss voodoo that are not devoutly Christianized or Westernized or Americanized, but find the ones that, you know, you might start off with drumming, you know, discuss drumming, get involved in drumming, seek out the drumming circle in your community. I know there has to be one. There has to be a drumming circle in, in Brooklyn. I know in D.C., here in, in New Orleans and in other places where you have community and culture, grassroots, you know, we come together and we have our drumming circle. Uh, so I would look there for Haitians, and not just Haitians, because, you know, Blue ain't just all about Haitians, but particularly Haitians where you are, because you're not going to get authentic Louisiana, Mississippi Delta, Deep South Voodoo in Brooklyn. You, you're just not. Uh, you, you would have to work with me remotely. Uh, but you could have access to Haitian Voodoo. Uh, even West African Voodoo, there's a lot of West Africans in, in New York. But how many of them are going to be Catholic, Christian, Islamic, 
or, or just about their dollar and trying to focus on religion at all. That's the complicated where you are. Uh, the people that I know who are involved in voodoo who once were in New York don't live there anymore. Um, Mambo Marie Carmel. Mambo Marie Carmel moved here. I'm on this side of the block. She on that side of the block. <laughs> you know, um, she moved right here. She's my neighbor. Um, Papa Fon Fon uh, Louis. May he rest in heaven. May he rest in our room. Uh, may, may he rest in Guinea. Um, world-renowned Haitian uh, drummer and, and Hogan recently passed away. So a lot of our old guards, a lot of our old army, a lot of our elder, like Dr. Fabi, you know, are leaving us. People didn't, I mean, you know, people are leaving us in this season. But we have to consider that people don't care when folks like me are around. People don't respect when folks like me are around. You know, there's some people watching me right now, and you're going to try to write a book and a documentary, and you're going to try to gather all about my life and once I'm dead. Do it while I'm living. Acknowledge me while I'm alive. <clears throat> Allow my voice to be heard in, in, in the moment. And so we don't acknowledge these people when they're living. Even dancers like Catherine Dunham, who is not a voodoo priest, but brought a great deal to voodoo and HDR to the Americas by way of dance. So she focused on dance and, and taught the dance rhythm. And you can't dance without the drum rhythm that go along with the, with the dance movement uh, in African-based cultural systems. So we acknowledge Catherine Dunham as, as Iya, you know, in the traditions for bringing, um, and, and there are several others. I, 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 hate, I hate it when I can't call off every artisan, every poet, you know, every drummer, you know, every musician, but there are many over the, the last three decades in particular five decades in particular, last 50 years, that have made great strides to bring art, music, culture, dance. Uh, uh, Brother Chuck uh, from, from Chicago, uh, oh wow, what's his last name, brought, brought African dance authentically to America, to Black America. We hadn't seen that before. We hadn't experienced that before. Um, and, and so there are many leaders who have helped to bring this to us. And, and while they're here, we don't acknowledge them. While, while they're here, we don't feed them. You know, we, we wait till we hear, you know, somebody like a Dr. Fabi is, is sick and in jail and in a, in a foreign country. And, and, and now all of a sudden, it's brand new. And people are posting and resharing like, as if Dr. Fabi is, is brand new. Brand new and brand new. I say it together. Brand new. <laughs> okay. Um, so it's not brand new. It's been around for decades. You, you either just too young to know, or now that you are in your adult years, um, just don't know what you don't know. I let a fly in here. Um, you just don't know what you don't know, and you don't care about what it is. Often that that you don't know. Except for this erudite audience here. I, I say all the time, I have some of the most erudite listeners in the podcast stratosphere. Well-read, the most well-educated, the most well-versed, 
a diversity of languages, diversity of cultures. We've had them come in and call in for, from every locale. So we are the most erudite audience as far as I'm concerned. And, and that's what makes this show uh, so powerful. And the contributors of the questions, uh, Kiona and, and Hoodoo Occultism and, and, and many others that, that speak and, and bring their voice to the show, uh, Fitness Girl Fund, forgive me for uh, not greeting you. Uh, you look like a newcomer to the show. We appreciate you uh, for being present, uh, for being here. Um, so I thank you all. Uh, Kiona, where am I on my questions at 2.20 p.m.? Um, on the full 2020 I got to say the full 2020 again. <laughs> Go yes. ahead. Everybody needs to be firing up. Um, Hoodoo Occultism has a question, wanting to know how does being a minister help you to um, help you as a priest? How does being a minister help you as a priest? First, so that I'm clear, especially for my new listeners, I see them both as uniquely individual, but also exactly the same thing. So I don't mean Christian when I use the word ministry. Even in the course of a reading, if you're supposed to be a healer, if you're supposed to be a practitioner, if you're supposed to be an orator, if you're supposed to be a, a griot, a poet, that's bringing forth spirit, I'm going to use the word ministry. So ministry is not Judaic. It's not Islamic. It's not Christian when I say ministry. Ministry is those who do the work of administering for and with the people, to the people. Um, Voodoo is clearly separate from how we identify ministry from that quote-unquote Christian perspective. But any ATR-based tradition, who and, and anyone who's operating it, operating in it authentically, wholly, justly, spiritually, is operating in ministry. Because we're here to fix, repair, to heal, restore, to renew. That's why we're here. All that talk about cursing and 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 blocking and binding and and, and controlling and, and and I know we don't do it a whole lot here outright in the show. We, we make references to the practitioners that sort of operate in that in that realm, but I see it every day in the email request. You know, want to do harm to the baby mom, want to do harm to the other woman. You know, we want to bring death and destruction. You know, to the frenemy. You know, or or in worst case scenario, to to the enemy. And that's how no practitioner operates truly, truly. Uh, when we think about the, the Egungun who show up as Poro and, and, and other forms of aggressive ancestral masquerade, uh, we think about justice, the law, in an indigenous world context. There were no police in West Africa. There were no courts in West Africa, okay? Uh, there were no peace officers other than the elders themselves the leaders themselves, and then the Egum. And no one ever knew who the Egum were, by the way. It was against rules. It was taboo. You could die to expose your skin, your identity, your faith, 
if you were indeed a member of, of, of an Egu cult. And there are many of them. Koro is just one of them. They're various names throughout the West African ethnic groups that they go by. And they were the police. They were the, the judicial system. So if the poor ruler showed up in the middle of the night like a whirlwind, like a storm, like a tornado, often with great noise and fear. And if you were out, you ran to your hut and hid. But they came for the violator. They came for the criminal. They came for the person who had done wrong. And, and if you were judged, if you will, in divination, you would disappear. You could lose your life or you would never be seen again. The idea of the zombie is sort of an extension of that in that the real authentic idea of, of zombie is to dominate and control what otherwise is seen as a volatile or corrupt spirit or entity or person and to prevent you from doing further harm, prevent you from being, many of those zombies were wannabe witches. Many of those zombies were overnight voodoo practitioners. Those zombies were well-established practitioners who went off the track, who went off the trail, and, and are now harming people, brutalizing people, doing great deeds of negative energy to people. Those are the people that would be zombified. Those are the people that the Koru and, and, and the Egos would go after in the cover of dark and removed from society, either force you to, to, to be out in the wilderness and find your way, you know, maybe into another ethnic group uh, or to just leave you to, to the animals and leave, and leave you to survive in, in, in nature if they didn't kill you outright. And so, of course, with a, a well-versed knowledge of herbs and plants and and roots and, and trees and bark, it's very easy to, you know, remove the criminal, remove the pedophile, remove the, the, the murderer, re- remove the uh, perpetual, consistent, and, and ever-growing aggressive thief, you know, from, from the society, from, from the community. And that's how that would be done. That's how that will, would be performed. Uh, beloved can be the light. We most certainly appreciate you and your offering and your donation. Now, listen, don't don't reverse your donation, but I've never gotten any money from you two. I don't know what happens to the donation. I don't, I don't know what happens in that process. I, I have Google ads. I'm not sure why I'm not getting updates about that. Um, I'm not going to ask you to, you know, it's fine. I appreciate the offering. I appreciate the love. Uh, leave it as an experiment. I told someone else the other day the same thing. And let's see if these donations do find their way. But so far, I've been doing this show since January of ni- uh, 2019. Um, I haven't seen that. So, so I don't know where that's going. Uh, typically, we offer people to offer their love, and support, and donations directly to me by way of PayPal. Um, I have a preference for, for PayPal. I know some of you love Cash App and some of this other stuff, but I hate to break it to you, but those those things just aren't really legit. Those things just aren't really safe. Um, 
PayPal operates like a bank. And so that's why some of you have a problem with it. If your money is jacked up, if your, you know, transactions are jacked up, PayPal will lock, PayPal will lock you out, okay? And, and you won't be able to use PayPal. So people will say, oh, I don't like PayPal. And the truth is they can't use PayPal. Uh, and I get that. I do. Uh, but as a business person and a practitioner, um, I swear by PayPal. I get great standing, five-star standing with PayPal, uh, which makes my clientele and, and my uh, customers feel comfortable and safe and secure. Uh, so I typically um, use PayPal. But when you know, I appreciate the donations um, here live. I'm not particularly comfortable with that either. Uh, people seeing other people's donations and then feeling some kind of way about it. It kind of reminds me of the prosperity churches and the, and the collection plate going around and the pastors demanding, you know, a hundred dollars from every every member of the church. But but if you can give five hundred, if you can give a thousand, I want you to run up right here right now and. And the Lord is going to give you that special blessing. It, it just takes me back. Oh, my God. <laughs> to a dark place. So I appreciate it. I do. But but I, I appreciate uh, um, PayPal <laughs> a, a little bit more. I, I do. I only appreciate PayPal. Uh, I only trust PayPal. Please give me your questions, your comments, uh, uh, your love, your support, your criticisms. Uh, whatever you might have to say, uh, I will be moving forward momentarily uh, at 2.30. We did two and a half hours. Please, please hit me with your questions, your comments, and requests. I love your questions, comments, requests. Type them in all capital letters. It makes uh, it easier for both Keona and I. Keona is my co-host and moderator and one of the superstars of the show. She is on the phone with me. So if I'm not seeing something, um, beloved, just jump in and call it out. Otherwise, I am going to move forward momentarily. And if indeed there is nothing more. Oh, wow. Somebody had a... Yes, I Jim, just saw that. Jim, I, I welcome you. Greetings. I'm not familiar with your name, so so I'm assuming that um, that that you're new. I appreciate your question. I really do. I don't know why no one has ever asked about that before here in this platform, um, and and it's something that I, I like to talk about. I'm just not often given opportunity. Necromancy is about the dead literally the dead. Um, in Yoruba language, we say ego to mean the dead. Newly dead, recent dead, dead that you know, egum. When we say egungun in Yoruba, we're talking about a higher level of dead, the ascended, higher evolved dead, uh, spiritually evolved dead. So when we think about necromancy from a pan-African uh, perspective from an ATR perspective, there's no immediate correlation between the two. Now, I, I like how you chose Baron Samdi. Baron Dam Baron Samdi is a corpse, um, but Baron Samdi is to some degree perfected as a corpse 
uh, because he's not entirely um, dirty. He's not entirely degraded. Uh, Baron Sam D, to some degree, helped to uh, bring entertainment and and mockery and um, um, when I say mockery, he likes to mock our order and our sense of stability in society, as does the Gede family. Baron Sam D is just one spirit that stands up in the Haitian voodoo Gede family. It is Papa Gede who's the leader of, of the dead in Haitian voodoo, Papa Gede. Uh, so we see Baron, but it's really often Papa Gede. Now, there are clear distinctions. Papa Gede can manifest as Baron Samdi, Baron Cemetery. There are many other Barons, not just Baron of a Saturday, uh, that stand up in, in Gede. Because all warriors, all leaders, all police, all, all medical professionals, all teachers, all doctors, all entertainers have to pass through Gede. Have to go through the through, through the realm of the dead. Gede is Papa Gede is popularized, and particularly here in New Orleans. And Baron Samdi is popularized to the point that we now see it in. Frog and the Princess, the Disney movie, where Baron Sam D is carved clearly from me, and many other local personalities are represented in that cartoon. Uh, so Baron now has a um, an acceptable appearance about him. You know, even though he still can mock, he still can trick. Papa Gede and the Gede more proper have cotton in their ears and in their nose, have ephod and, 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 and powder on their face and are deed more corpse-like, much closer to uh, a cadaver or a corpse um, in terms of how we identify necromancy. Um, when I think of necromancy, um, in, in terms of ACR, then I'm looking at Palo, Palo, Palo literally means stick or, or, or bone, just as Egun means apply the dead. Egun means bone. I know it's Yoruba Nigerians watching me right now. Egun means bone, and, and it's used to imply the dead. And so we look at Palo, Palo Santo, Palo Mayambe, um, Again, we're, we're referencing bone or, or the dead bone or the dry bone of those who've gone on. And in Palo in particular, they don't care whose dead it is. They don't care whose ancestor it is. They don't care whose cat it is. They don't care whose dog it is. Uh, if they can capture it and put it in a pot, um, they will and, and they do. I'm talking about necromancy, the binding and the controlling of, of the dead. I got a big old fly in here, like a horse fly, uh, when I opened the door to get that package. Um, now you're talking about necromancy in Palo, the binding of an animal or, or human even, collecting their skull, their body parts, uh, heaven forbid, killing a human dismembering them and, and putting them in a pot for the sake of 
control, rulership of that soul, that spirit, much like a zombie uh, in the spirit realm. And, and often it's not good. It's not great. For what I just described, who does that? And, 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 for, and for what purpose? Um, there are indigenous equivalents to that. Um, there's a particular ethnic group. I can't think of their name right now. They're in East Africa. They revive their dead. So they keep them uh, sort of in a mummified state, if you will, in a particular place all year. There are Chinese ethnic groups that do this as well. And then there's a particular day or a particular season or a particular ceremony where they then go and take um, the, the bodies and, and, and sometimes wash them, dress them, feed them, acknowledge them, wear them in this huge ceremonial uh, shrine on top of their head uh, in some cases. Um, and so that has now been sort of revived, if you will, synchronized. It, it, some would even say bastardized to some degree in the West through some of what we see through people who claim to practice Apollo. And so, you know, it's been in the newspaper, particularly in places like Miami, New York, um, people violating cemeteries. Um, you're not much apt to get people violating cemeteries in, in New Orleans. Um, that's like a cultural no-no here. But uh, it's in the news too often in Florida, uh, both in video news and in written documented news, of people violating cemeteries, removing bodies, removing skulls, and then adapting them in hollow. Uh, so that, Jim, um, Tim, is more akin to necromancy. Who binds the dead for their own use? Who binds the dead? for your own homework, for your own, you know, errand, if you will. You can't bind the ancestors in that way. Um, it, it, it's a taboo. It's a negative. Um, our ancestors are to be free, are to develop, are to grow, are to evolve. We don't seek to sort of contain them, if you will, uh, to, to do and acknowledge only our stuff knock, 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 grandma, wake up, because I need to hit the lotto, and I even, you know, I need to hit the lotto quick. You know, it, it doesn't even make sense in that in that context. So, yeah, there's a big difference between acknowledging the ancestors, acknowledging the spirit, acknowledging those who've gone before, acknowledging those from the ancestral side who are, are uh, contracted through God and through spirit to assist humanity, to assist us um, in our journey. Necromancy is about control, dominating the dead, controlling the dead, forcing the dead to speak, to come forward, to come through, um, when just maybe that might not be their will. Just maybe that might not be um, what they feel, what they want to do, where they are in their spiritual evolution at any given time. And, and so that, 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 that's the difference between uh, ancestor worship, Egums and Gede, and, and of course, necromancy directly and, and right out. 
I appreciate you all. I, I love each and every one of you. <clears throat> Is it a must to be initiated in Ifa? Uh Goddess Nanu, yes. Um, because you're talking now about a spiritual, uh, an ethno-cultural tradition. You're really talking about bloodline. And in a more perfected world, in an undisturbed world, ethnic groups, for the most part, would be where they are. Would be where they are, would be where they're born. And there would only be natural migration, organic migration. But we have forced migration. We have forced movement on the planet. And then cultures and traditions blend and mix. So Ifa in particular is about Yoruba. And if we look at languages, if we look at ethnic groups, which is very easy to Google, there are at least, I believe, 200 in Nigeria alone. Um, I can call off Yoruba, Ewe, Hausa, Igbo, Fon, just five right there in Nigeria. So when the African-American says, you know, do I choose Ifa? Is Ifa for me? Do I initiate in Ifa? Um, it sounds biased, but I say we don't do it like that in my house. Um, in my house, you're going to do ancestral work and divination first. Even if you come to me asking to do initiation, we're going to do ancestral work and divination first. Because who are you? Who are your people? I, through my own experience, didn't want to have to redo it again. I initiated one, so you ain't got nothing. I reinitiated again and was told, well, this ain't correct, that ain't correct. This is missing in your pot. That's missing in your pot. Only to reinitiate again. And this final time, um, Mama Yeye, may she rest in a room. Uh, she said, inadvertently, you've uh, latched on to a lot of stuff, for lack of better words, I won't say stuff, that now is incorporated in your effort. You now have to acknowledge. So, experimenting with Orisha, dabbling in Orisha, setting up shrines and work to Orisha, that's not real. That's, that's hollow. Literally and figuratively, it's, it's never a good thing because you could be inviting Jen. So, no, you got to initiate. You got to, you know, go through the process, go through the steps, you know, to, to make, work your way and manage your way in and through the system that is Ifa. In the West, we say, but it's religion and it's spiritual and it should be free. And and yes, indeed it is. So when Orisha eats, when ancestors eat, everyone eats. When Orisha eats, the, the people too eat. And so ceremonies are opened up to the public. Ceremonies are opened up to the people. But those people are accustomed to ceremonies, are accustomed to rituals. And then don't decide to go home and set up a shrine to, an altar to, without appropriate guidance. So, yeah, the answer is, yeah, yeah, one must be. It's a part of the natural organic process. And again, had we not been moved around, you would have been born into 
born into your ego, born into your and your your compound ancestors, your village ancestors, your village deities would already be known to you. We are now happy to re-identify. We and, and everyone south of the border is happy to now re-identify. Even when we look at Latin culture, Hispanic culture, um, they're happy to re-identify. And often deciding and choosing dominance of ethnic blood, ethnic lineage. We, we look at our Hispanic, Latin brothers and sisters, and we know we see Spanish. We know we see Euro, Eurocentric bloodlines. We know we see indigenous bloodlines. We know we see Afrocentric bloodlines. And so they choose either through birthright or through, through divination or through will of mind to then go through that process of, of initiation, that process of, of study. Um, I know some people in Puerto Rico and Cuba and Brazil, you better not tell them they don't know nothing about a region. You better t- not tell them they no- don't know anything about Buddhism. They, they are well organized compared to the state of Black America as it relates to operation in these, in these practices, in these traditions. I'm grateful for your questions, comments, and requests. I'm also grateful for the opportunity to always move forward and to create and recreate a reality that is indeed in the image of God, in the image of the ancestor, indeed in the image of myself. I can't say God. I can't say the ancestor thing and being and standing in, in self. God rests right here. Your ancestors rest all throughout here. <laughs> so we can't say God, we can't say the ancestors without acknowledging self. Be different. Be different. Be yourself. Be neighborly. Be hopeful. Be creative. Be calm. Be good. Be present. Be still. Be still. Be kind. Be well. Be grateful, be thankful, be patient, be prayerful, be mindful, be intelligent, be smart, be wise, be adaptable, be practical, be conscious, be aware, be loved, be careful, be proactive. Be available, be strong, be phenomenal, be smart, be peace, be safe, and be at home. Stay at home. Stay your ass at home. And if you're not essential worker, do I have to define essential worker? Now, I know, you know, grocery stores uh, have been labeled, have been considered essential. So I know there's people that's working at the Walmart and places like that. Be clean. Be hygienic. Be aware. Be wise. And stay away from the propaganda. Stay away from these rumors. Stay away from the nonsense. Talk about 5G. Wash your hands. Wash your ass. And protect yourself and your family from this virus. Stay home. Be safe. Stay home. All is a blessing. I appreciate you. I love you. I appreciate the 
support and the offerings and 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 the well wishes and the donations and and the people checking in to be sure that I'm okay and, and be sure that I have what I need. Uh, if you want to send me a surprise, send me toilet paper. Send me toilet paper. <laughs> all is a blessing. All is a blessing. I say, I say.
Kakaja Bela Paita 